machine as we understand mechanics. And what is it? A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. A question, Bill. From before our sun burned bright in the sky, stars in the heavens. We have awaited a question. The uh, the Guardian asking his question from probably the best episode of Star Trek ever made. We'll get into some certainly of that. one of them, and not one I really cared for as much as I wanted. Really, you don't like City on the Edge of Forever? Um, no, I like the story. I think it could have been done better. Matter of fact, I read a story a week or two ago about how it was originally written by the the scriptwriter, right, Harlan the, Ellison, the, the, and it was a much different and better story. If they, but they were—they had to be too kind and gentle for some reason. Well, there's some problems with the original story. One of which is that it—it really—it takes Kirk and Spock out of character. And well, and it also changed the the anticipated character of Starfleet personnel. You had drug dealers involved, right, and stuff right. like that. And so just, yeah, that was different. It didn't fit, and and part of part of what we're going to talk about here in a minute, as we've already talked about before, because this is the second freaking take of this, because I didn't push the <laughs> stupid record button, is we're going to talk about some of the reasons why uh, those things, those are considerations. So we got this question from Daniel, who wants to know several things. Uh, he he enjoys our discussion about Star Trek. He never really watched Star Trek, but he's trying to get into it. He's seen a good number of next-gen episodes and liked them. He watched the new movies. I'm assuming he means the reboot. And he likes those, the, too. The the Chris Pine, Kirk. Right. Okay. And, boy, that's a, that's, a, that's a sticky wicket to unravel, isn't it? Uh, recently, though, he started watching Voyager on Netflix, likes that. But he seems to remember that me mentioning that I don't like Voyager, which is true, I did. If so... He's wondering why I don't like it compared to the other series is, and what is he missing? What is it missing? Also, where would you recommend that he goes next? So we started our discussion with where, where Daniel should go next. So let's, let's start there. Where should Daniel go? Quote unquote next. I would go back to the beginning. I would go to the original series and watch it as it was. It, and it, it gives you a chance to go from the original series, the next generation to Voyager and deep space nine. And then what enterprise and then the abortion that was the first season of discovery. And I think there's some good things coming now and Discovery's getting better the longer it goes, but I just can't wait for the captain Pike series, uh, strange new worlds. I think that's going to be great. And Picard was really well done. I thought. Hmm. So it's an interesting, so you wouldn't go back. Some people think you should go in chronological order. So you should go all the way back to enterprise and start with enterprise and then then to the no, next generation. I don't mind a, next I don't mind a historical story, giving you some previous things. What I do mind and have minded with things like Discovery is you're making the technology better than it was in the original series prior to the time the original series came around. And to me, it ought to go back to old style looking bridges and, and slider uh, type things and dials and switches and buttons to push as opposed to touchscreen stuff that wasn't available for Hollywood back in the sixties when Star Trek was done. So make the older stuff look older instead of uh, using today's technology, because it's, it's kind of messing up the history when they do that in, in my mind. You know, it's interesting. Cause I have a, I have a giant iPad. I have the, the iPad pro 13, the, the giant one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course this comes out of Star Trek, the original series. Remember the pads that Kirk would look at. 
but he always signed sure. him. With, he always signed him with a pen. Yeah, and, and I laugh about that. But you know what? I one of the devices I have is an Apple Pencil, and I regularly sure. sign documents on my iPad using my iPencil. So the technology is pretty amazing. Um, first off, Daniel, I would say to you, get rid of Netflix. Uh, Star Trek is going away on Netflix. So you might as well dump your Netflix subscription because there really isn't anything else on Netflix worth watching. Um, and, and, and get yourself a Paramount Plus. I think it's $6.53 a month. Yeah, there's a couple of levels on there. Right. But yeah. And, and, unless you get it like it as part of a package deal or something. But get Paramount Plus because that's CBS. That's Star Trek. That's, that's everything Star Trek. Um, and that alone makes... To me, six dollars and fifty three cents is worth everything for Star Trek. So, and especially with the new stuff that's coming, if if you're liking what right. what is new Star Trek wise, that's the place you're going to get it because they're not going to air it on over the air TV. And I don't, for the life of me, know why other than they want to sell those subscriptions. Yeah, that's that's what it's about, and and they don't know. And and with the way television is changing, the advertising the advertising model has changed so much that you really can't advertise per se on those shows successfully anymore. So you're targeting it to people who are logging in. Well, they, you log in, they know that you're a 22-year-old, you know, gay man. Or I'm not saying Daniel's gay. I'm just saying if you happen <laughs> to be a 22-year-old gay man, and if you are, Daniel, no offense, but they can target the ads to who you are on streaming. And so that's what that's the new model that they're going to do. Mm -hmm. if, if I were starting over with Star Trek, if I was introducing somebody to Star Trek, I would start with the original series, but I would start with... The non-airing order, I would get myself a list of the production order. In other words, the, what order were the episodes produced in, not, not aired in? Because the airing, the first episode that was actually aired of Star Trek was The Man Trap, which is not, it, it's a good episode, but it's not a great episode. It really, when you, when you air The Man, when you see The Man Trap, and if that's the first one you see, you get this impression that Kirk and McCoy are best of friends and blah, blah, blah. And, and it, it just... The, the development of the characters is just sort of assumed. And the reason it's just sort of assumed is because that was the fourth or fifth episode actually produced. And so you've actually missed three episodes or four episodes, whichever it is, of character development. And bam, there it is. Now, that, you know, again, they made those decisions for strategic reasons. But the, the production order, you get a much different story of Star Trek from the beginning. And you really should start with, and I know this sounds bizarre to say to people, but you really should start with the unaired pilot, The Cage, mm -hmm. which was rejected by NBC. NBC rejected it. And the myth for 100 years, well, 50 years anyway, has always been that The Cage was rejected because it was, quote, too cerebral, unquote. You've probably heard that argument. Mm -hmm. It was too smart for television. You know, come to find out, Bill, that's not why it was rejected at all. It had what was the to, reason? It was too sexual. It was too titillating for 1965 TV. Now we watch it today and we go, "What are you talking yeah. about?" But but there's, I think you're right. I think that makes sense. There are sexual overtones to that show that are done in a way that it is very smart. Don't get me wrong, but they're also very they're very overt if you're paying attention that you don't pick up on, you know, if, if, if you're just an 11, 12 year old kid sitting at home on a Friday afternoon watching Star Trek, you don't pick up on that. No. But as an adult, oh my God, didn't you say on your show the other day that Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle show premiered last week sometime? Yeah, right? it did. 
And and, and, if and you surprisingly watch, to me on NBC, not ABC. I right. thought they were over there, but yeah. But if you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle as an adult, it's a much different show than watching it as a kid. And a lot funnier. A lot funnier. <laughs> a lot funnier. But Star Trek, the, well, the, the, other thing the too, cage that, is the same way. I think might have run the, the folks at NBC off is the character of number one, Major Barrett's original role in Star Trek, being the first officer, was extremely strong, extremely direct, and very intelligent. And maybe not the role that a lot of television producers were looking for at the time for a woman on television in 1967. And if they had continued the storyline of the menagerie, extremely hot. So yeah. are you going to have this relationship between Captain Pike and Major Barrett between number one and, 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 and the captain, there were, there were a whole lot of those kind of considerations. There were a lot of problems with the, with the ideas that were being presented by Gene Grodenberry here, the Orion slave girl. And the way that, uh -huh. that, that the captain might want to be a slaver. Well, remember, this is at the height, Bill, the absolute height of the civil rights movement. That's so true. there were a lot of things that Gene Roddenberry was addressing here that NBC was very, very uncomfortable with. And the titillation factor was, yeah, I don't know that we can show this in prime time because there were very strong indicators that there were things happening off camera. And remember, this is when, you know, Lucy and Ricky had to sleep in separate beds on television right. because they, they just didn't, everybody knew better. Everybody understood those things, but they didn't talk about it. And so they ended up rejecting the pilot, but they liked the idea so much that they said, well, you know, continue on. And so the next episode they produced is an episode called Where No Man Has Gone Before, which is the first real Star Trek episode. And I will sit here and tell you today that it's still some of the best science fiction television ever, ever made. It is a fantastic story. It is amazing. It's not technologically dependent. It's a story about human beings and how they deal with power. Mm -hmm. And you get, you start developing characters, you start developing mentalities, who these people are. The second episode ever produced is a thing called um, The Naked Time, which from a Star Trek standpoint, if, if, if I were just going to introduce people to Star Trek, okay, you don't want to follow. The Naked Time is, is the best starting point. Now, as much as I have loved Star Trek my entire life, I was there from the first time it hit NBC. I don't remember them by, by episode title. So Tell me the, the storyline. The Naked Time is where they're 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 they've gone to a planet that's that's going to break up, and they're going to monitor the breakup. They Spock and this other guy Joey beam down, and they contract a virus, and the virus acts like alcohol. It lowers inhibitions, it lowers barriers, and of course chaos ensues. Sulu ends up chasing people around with a sword. Um, Riley takes over the engine room, right? It, and they did it really poorly. In the next generation, I, that episode was bad when we're, they tried to to copy right. that. And we're going to come back to that in just a minute. But but the yeah. Naked Time introduces character development in a way that most people don't really catch. Leonard Nimoy's actions as Spock in this episode, where you really learn that he's you, you've heard before that he's half Vulcanian, but now you right. really see what that means. 
uh-huh. you see Kirk, you know, really worried about his ship. You see Sulu with the, the swashbuckling. You even mm-hmm. get to see Uhura being the, I, I, I'm going to use a term here that, that in the 1960s, in the, in the mid to late 1960s, African-Americans were very much finding their place in society in a lot of ways. And Nichelle Nichols was one of the leaders of that. And there's a line in The Naked Time where Sulu has the sword and he grabs her and he says, I will protect you, fair maiden, as he's swinging the sword around. <laughs> right? Yeah. And she looks at him. And I swear to God, Bill, I, I've watched this episode for 50 years. And it wasn't until last year that I finally caught the line and understood it. She sorry, looks at, she neither. Looks, sorry, neither. <laughs> And you start, you start building this character development, and this episode is very well used to teach you who these people really are. And the fact that when Spock is finally recovering from his little, his bout with Christine, having told him that she loves him, and he stands up and he does something, Bill. And if you go back and watch this episode, you're going to be amazed. He stands up, kind of stumbles a little bit, mm-hmm. straightens his, his shirt, pulls his shirt down. And then says, I'm in charge and walks out. And if you, if you think about this, if you remember Star Trek II at the end, what does he do when he stands up? He stands up, stumbles around a little bit, reaches down, pulls his shirt down to straighten it up, and then carries on like everything is normal. Right. It is right. a character development point of, of Spock. And it's so well done. And this is where... This is actually where, like you mentioned, The Next Generation lost me because the very first episode produced of The Next Generation, not the the two-part intro encountered far part, but the very first, hey, this is our show, let's go, is an almost line-for-line remake of The Naked Time, and they did it in the worst possible way they possibly could. It, it's not about character development. It's about humor. Mm-hmm. And it's not funny. And I remember watching that, thinking to myself... <laughs> If all they're going to do is retell the same stories and use the MacGuffin of the computer, because remember in that one, Riker's running around going, I remember reading about a starship that had this happen to it. Right. Bullshit. You remember? I mean, it's the Enterprise, for God's sake. It's it's Kirk and Spock. You don't remember reading about this, some vague log entry somewhere. No, it's the history of your ship. Right. And you're going to know it. Right. And so they used that MacGuffin, and I thought, I, I didn't even know the word MacGuffin back then when it came to Hollywood stuff, but I remember thinking to myself, if they're just going to turn around and do this again, this is not going to be worthwhile. And then they turn around and do that in the same movies again. They did the same freaking MacGuffin thing with Khan in, in the new Star Trek movies, and it's like, you know, look, if you can just call up Spock Prime every time and say, hey, what do we do? Yeah. Why don't you just remake Star Trek movies? Yeah, because they could have done better than with Star Trek, the motion picture, right. which is another story, but well, <laughs> we'll disagree and, on that one too. I, no, I agree with you <laughs> that it was wonderful to watch and see, but I thought the story that when they recrafted that story, that too was done poorly. So we'll come back to that. So yeah. anyway, anyway, Daniel, that's where I would start. I would start with those. And, and then, let me ask you a question about that, yeah. Dave. Did the production order, was that the intent of the studio at the time? to release them in that order. And it makes sense that the character development comes 
as each new week is written. I mean, they're trying to record these a week at a time or whatever. And it makes sense that that's how the character development happens because it's episode after episode, even though they're standalones, even though it's not a continuing story like we see so many of them do now. But the more you see these characters, the more they are going to develop. And chronologically, it makes sense that that would occur that way. It was the intent to release them that way. But the problem is you have, it, it, you know, we're talking 1960s technology. Computers computers right. existed, but not like they are today. Um, right. And, and so you had to send things out to do. In, in fact, when Gene Roddenberry first showed the, the cage, I, I'm trying to remember the story. Some of the special effects, they used World War II movies cut in, spliced into it to, to show the special effects of ship shooting at each other and the like. Because um, they, they didn't, maybe that was Star Wars, I don't remember. At any rate, the computers didn't exist. So they would have to send them out for, and, and the more special effects you needed, like the Corbomite maneuver, balance mm -hmm. of terror, the longer it would take to do those things. So those episodes would naturally get pushed back. Right. And, and, and that's. But their intent was to release them as they shot them and they just couldn't do it because of the availability of the production time. Right. And then you have, you know, you have the writer's guides and you have these writer's meetings and you have these people like Harlan Ellison who write episodes and then, and then they, they repolish them and reformat them so that they fit where they're going in the, in the series. And, and. It takes time to do all that stuff. Not like today. I mean, they had a seven day shooting schedule for Star Trek episodes. So they were shooting, you know, episode one, six days, take a day off, start again. Sometimes they would go over schedule. Sometimes they would come under schedule. You know, it just, it kind of depended on the sets and where they needed to shoot. Obviously if they had to go on, on site, like to Vasquez rocks or whatever for the Gorns, mm -hmm. things would take more time. So the answer to your question, Daniel, is I would start with series one. The, the original series, season one, in production order. Now, once you get into season two, production order not quite as important. But in season one, it's very important because that's how you get to know who these characters really are. And there's some myths about the characters. I mean, Spock is not emotionless by any stretch of the imagination. And never was. Never but... was. Never was intended to be. Right. He is... Well, and, and in, that, in the cage, he was very emotional. He laughed. Right. Right. He, he, he got angry or intense. So, yeah. Yeah. And so you got to ask the question, what changed in Spock? Where's that moment that changed Spock from, from being half Vulcanian to being a Vulcan, as he would say himself later, I'm a Vulcan, right? I am a Vulcan. Mm -hmm. This is whatever. What, what changed him? What, what do you think it is that, that caught, cause we don't ever see it on film, but something clearly happened and his friendship with, you know, he served with Captain Pike for, what, 11 years or something? But his friendship with Jim Kirk is much, much deeper than Pike's, than his friendship with Pike ever was. So what's different about that? And where does that change? And those are, those are you get clues to those things in those production order episodes. You get clues and to And I think it. we'll see that in Strange New Worlds when it comes out. Will we? Cause he's, I do. Because he's really not friends with Spock. Pike isn't. He's... Pike is really a much different captain than Jim Kirk. Pike is well, a. What we're going to see is that Spock is um, an up and coming younger officer mm -hmm. at that point, and yeah. as he develops, and, and I don't there there's talk of bringing the Kirk character in. I don't know if they're going to or not. I'm a little disappointed they're bringing Uhura in as a as a um, academy yeah. cadet. Yeah, and, and and I'm wondering how that's going to fit because 
it seems a little out of timeline order for her to be there yet in, right. in my mind anyway. Well, and, and when you look at Pike, Pike is a very, he's a Starfleet captain, but it, it, at least as far as we can tell in the cage in the menagerie, which is the same episode, just reworked. He's not really into, I mean, he's, he's burned out. He's done. He's contemplating getting right. the heck out of it. Yeah. And that original the, doctor carrier, yeah. uh, Micah, whatever his name was. Yeah. Um, Dr. Piper. Yeah. Did a great job yeah. and, and was his best friend slash counselor slash bartender. Easily. Whereas Kirk, man, Kirk, Kirk is a starship captain. It is his best. It's his first and best calling. I mean, it, yeah. it really is where he belongs. Or as and, Spock said, his first best destiny. Yes. Exactly. Yep. That was the word I was trying to come up with. So mm-hmm. that's my answer to that. Where where do you go next? Okay, let's say you get through the the next uh, through the original series. Where do you say to to Daniel humbly? Where should he go next? I would do them in the order they aired. I mean, that's how we were introduced to the in the in the order that the series were aired. That that's how we were introduced to the to this universe. And as far as next generation, probably start it before you start. Voyager and and Deep Space Nine, they are kind of concurrent, but obviously Voyager and Deep Space Nine come a little bit later. So I, w- I wouldn't go in the order they went. I, I don't mind Enterprise being a prequel uh, when it comes around. And, and I did like that series because unlike what they're doing in Discovery and, and the upcoming series that are out there, Enterprise went back to they don't have all the technology. Right. They they're afraid to use transporters for people. They'll try them with cargo, <laughs> and and they've got they've got what look like iPads. Well, they've got flip switches and dials and and sliders and and those kind of things, as opposed to all the touchscreen stuff. So that concept was good in Enterprise that they went back to older technology than the Enterprise was going to have. Yeah, I agree. I I enjoyed Enterprise, um, and I, and I enjoyed it for just that reason. Once again. It was about characters and it was about human stories. And I just, I which honest, is what Star Trek was always, always about. supposed to be about. And I just never got that feeling with the next generation. Sometimes they did. Most of the times they didn't. There's some really good next gen episodes and there's some real dog next gen episodes. I mean, it just, it, well, and there again on the technology front, I was disappointed that a phaser didn't look like a handgun. Uh, you know, it, it looked like a remote control for a television. Other than the Type One phaser, the the original handheld, which did survive up into to uh, the next generation, but not for long. Um, I, I didn't like those. I didn't like the touch the chest communicator thing. No, um, I hated those. It, it 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 made sense though because of the tricorder. It, why have you know two separate devices? Why couldn't the tricorder actually function as the communicator? Well, that, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, your phone does. Well, that's true. So, that's, and it can give you your EKG these days, yeah, apparently. So there you go. Too. So, where I would go next, Brian, Daniel. Why do I keep calling him Brian? I don't know. We, Daniel, Brian, is. Brian's listening too. We just haven't gotten an email from you yet. So, Brian, get your email in so that I'm not yeah. screwing up. You know where I would go next, and this is weird, but it's true. The animated series. The animated series is the continuation of the original series and and the remake of it in a lot of episodes. Remake in some episodes, but it is so well written. These are Star Trek episodes that were intended for the the second phase had that gone to the air. 
that didn't make it, and they ended up using them in the animated series. And they're cut down, obviously, because they're 22 minutes in length. But, man, there are some amazingly good stories in the animated series. The, 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 what, the, the Eternal Vulcan or whatever it is where Spock has to go back in time. I haven't seen all those, oh, Dave, believe gosh. it or not. The, I really haven't. I love. I saw the them as a kid series. when they aired on television, yeah. right? I love the animated series. And I didn't like the animation. I thought it was no. It's terrible. Ch- it's chopped it, up and horribly done. It's yeah. terrible animation. It's terrible, but it, it you know I mean like the old Lone Ranger cartoons right. when we were kids. But they, the they were bad stories. And if you can get a hold of them, Dan, if you can get a hold of them, the Alan Dean Foster novelizations of the animated series stories, you won't be able to put them down. They are that. That's bad. another place that Star Trek thrives for me. Is, and I was I had a bookstore when I was a policeman in South Charleston that every month would hold the new book that came out. And I had a whole collection before I moved to Modesto that I ended up getting rid of because you just can't move everything you've got when you when you go sometimes. I ended up losing my Star Trek um, novelization series. And, and a lot of those were new novels, but um, the, yep. the rewrites of the, of the series were always good. And the new stories there, some of those need to be made into episodes of the of currently produced Star Trek. And lore. some of them, Bill, some of them were. There was a book called Star Trek The New The New Voyages, and it's fan fiction where fans wrote Star Trek stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two of them are amazing. One is about Kirk getting captured by the Klingons. They use the the mind sifter on him to find mm-hmm. out where the the Guardian of Forever is. They send him back in time and he's left in a mental institution back in the 60s oh, on wow. earth fantastic story but there's another I liked, one i like one of the early ones called the entropy effect yep and, and it had a lot of time travel in it right got that one but the best Good. of the new voyages stay with me here bill see if this sounds familiar to you so they're filming star trek and bill shatner and leonard nimoy and deforest kelly and i remember it james duhan are on the transporter pad and there's mm-hmm. a lightning storm mm-hmm. And when they recover from the lightning storm, they're on the actual Enterprise in real space. That was good. Space. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, it most certainly does. By Grabthar's hammer, <laughs> I shall avenge you, comes from that story. It's, it's all about, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So yeah, those, the, the novelizations are fantastic. The animated series is good. And then you get into the films. Dan, I recommend all the films. I There is not a single Star Trek film of the original, what I call the original six, the motion picture two, three, four, five, and six, that I hated. There's some things I didn't like in some of them, mm-hmm. but I love them all. And I'm a huge fan of the first one, which is weird because most people don't like that one. But, but, but I rank that one as the second best. To me, I, I had gone so long without it, I would have watched Star Trek puke. Yep, and enjoyed it, yeah. right? Yeah, and and there's that element of it for me, as you said in our first Star Trek discussion, that trip around mm. the New Enterprise for when they were taking Kirk up to the ship, it it was you were thrilled when you saw that New Enterprise there. If I ever found myself in a position where you know these Make a Wish Foundation things, and I'm not a kid, yeah. but if anybody ever said to me, Dave, what's your last wish? You know what? It, I want to go in the theater and see that scene again on the big screen. I mean, in 1979, in December of 1979, I was in tears. Mm-hmm. It was 
it was so amazing to me. And it just, I enjoyed it because to me it was Star Trek. It was cerebral, you know, as NBC said, it was too cerebral. It, it made you think, it made you consider things. Um, Star Trek two was fantastic. And at its best was action and conflict. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I don't know. I, there's an element of that, but it's more about human condition. It's more about human stories. And that's, you know, Star Trek two gets into that. Okay. Is this a revenge story? I mean, and we could sit here and argue about, well, why does Khan remember Chekhov? He never met him. And man, the, 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 the mental gymnastics people will go through to try to pick these things apart is just amazing yeah. to me. But, but the story is amazing. And I agree. Scary. <laughs> and what? Go ahead. It's a warning about technology and, and how we mm -hmm. use it and what happens when it falls into the wrong hands. And, and it, it teaches your kids not to put things in their ears. This is true. Um, what, what frustrated me ab about the series of movies, the environmental message in, uh, what was it? The Voyage Four. Home. Was that yeah, the Voyage had? Home. Yeah, the whale, right. the whale movie. And, and, and in every other movie, it's it, it, especially when they went to, and what, I forget the name of the movies at this point, but um, every movie seemed to be, including the original, uh, the, the motion picture, is Star Trek searches for God in some fashion. Stop it. You're out there to deal with Klingons, Romulans, and worlds you haven't seen before. And the constant chase for God in the movies, and, and maybe a, a shot at religion overall, philosophically, by the producers, uh, it just, it aggravated me. I still love the movies. I still wanted to see them all, and I watch them all again when they come back on. But it was frustrating to me. Tell me the stories of these people doing the things they do, not these outlandish things that happen over and over again. Well, part of the problem with the movies, of course, is that you Hollywood changed, and you went into the the big blockbuster special effects. That's what you were looking for. As Started opposed, being about video games, right? As opposed to the actual stories, and that's I think that's the biggest change. I, I don't see them as looking for God. I, I I never really did, and I didn't even really mind the whale one because the message about saving the whales is, is not an unrealistic one. I mean, that's, I, I it, it was. This me, comes from Mr. Shark. Yeah. And, and, and I like whales too. I like all ocean creatures, but, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of, there was some humor in it. There was some entertainment in it. There was some, there was a lot of action and a hot chick. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with all that. Um, I didn't care for, Number five, the, the, it, the premise was really good. The premise was great. Cybok, this, you know, Vulcan who rejects all this other stuff, which again speaks back to the, to the character of Spock not being emotionless. And that's mm -hmm. an interesting psychological study. But the whole search for Eden, Shakari, whatever it was, I could have done without that. Six, I thought was fantastic. I thought six was just six was probably is probably my favorite one to just put in and watch because well, it's tell so, me the, that's the, uh, the, um, the war with the Klingons. Okay. With the, God, I can't, can't even think of it right. The undiscovered country. And okay. yes. the, the use of Shakespeare, if you haven't heard Shakespeare in the original Klingon, the, right. the, the whole, Conflict. And the collusion of those who live in a war state that can't seem to think that should ever right. end. And and as a cold warrior myself, boy, is there a there is a lot of uh, 
a lot of lesson here. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. And so plus the way the ship is portrayed, I really enjoyed. It just uh, – I enjoyed all the films. I, I, I saw the first film for Next Generation. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, Generations. Was that the name of it? Generation. Yeah, Generations First so, Contact. Yeah. I saw Generations and First Contact. Didn't – I mean, okay. I didn't – again – I didn't like the Cochrane portrayal. You didn't. That's one of the no. few things I actually liked was that he was a drunk, reluctant scientist. I, you know, I did, and I love the actor. I forget right. his name off the top of my head. Yeah, and I liked him in the role, but I didn't like the role itself. Right. Given how Zephram Cochran ends up in the original series, it doesn't seem like they portrayed him correctly. But at the same, and that was time, just on the other day. I enjoyed yeah. watching that again. That's a that's an interesting episode. It uh, so that's where I would start, Daniel, and then I would go next. The first thing to do is get rid of your uh, get rid of your your Netflix subscription. You don't need it. <laughs> get the Paramount Plus. And now and Netflix ran it. out of things during the Rona. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they're bringing back the Tiger King. What do you want? So exactly, they ran out of things during the Rona. So there were a lot of other things we were supposed to talk about, Bill, in this, but but in a in a in a wrap, I think it worked out okay. Talking about you know where should we go next? How how you get to where you are when we pick this up whenever we do. We'll start talking about some of the other series, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, uh, and we'll start looking at you know, what exactly we liked or didn't like about those or why we recommend them or doubt. Um, eventually, we'll get to the reboot stuff, which you also asked about, Brian. Sorry, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> I don't like the reboots. I liked it at first. I'll be the first to admit I, I was on the air when it came out and I, I did a whole show about why I liked it. Mm-hmm. But as it, as it has marinated, I've liked it less and less. And I hated it. Once they, once they picked up that phone and called Spock prime and said, Hey, how do you deal with con? I was done. And I haven't seen one of them since. Have and you I, not? Now see, I, I, I wait for them excitedly I, I, because I do enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And I like the reset because in that weird sci-fi way, they made it pl- plausible for those things to occur in that universe. Uh, which is uh, not why we call this plausibly live, but you get the idea. So, Bill, always, exactly. always good to talk to you, my friend. I look forward it's to it. It's always fun, especially when we're doing fun stuff, not the real serious nonsense right. we have to deal with all the time. But yeah. I look forward to trekking with you again soon. As do I, my friend. Like we'll maybe tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Yeah, well, probably don't have time for it then, but we'll get together. and and do what we do. We'll see you then.